Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Amen, amen. Alexa, turn off Christian music. God bless you, children of God. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our strength, and our Redeemer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day in the land of the living. Thank you, Father, for food, for clothing, for shelter, for protection, provision, grace, salvation. Father, more things we could thank you for than we even know. You have been better to us than we have been to each other. You have been better to us than we have been to ourselves. Father, we pray for all of your people throughout the world, all of the ministries that are attempting to do your good, pleasing, and perfect will. May you continue to edify and strengthen, reveal your provisions, reveal your, your word, to each of us, that we may better serve you, that we may better obey you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
We ask, Father, that you forgive us once again of anything we have said or done, thought, purposed, or planned that has not been pleasing in your sight. We humbly ask, Father, that you will lead us and guide us into your paths of righteousness today for your name's sake. These and all other blessings, Father, we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty and precious name. We have prayed that God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, Pastor Solomon, God bless you and the people of God in India. We pray that you all are blessed, blessed and highly favored. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide headquarters here in Kenston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. Saints, we're going to take a look today at the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 with a special focus on verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 with a special focus on verse 7. John, the apostle, writes to you and I thousands of years ago. But John is still speaking by the Spirit. He says, if we walk in the light as he or Christ or God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus God's son purifies us from all sin. We're going to work from a theme today, children of God, fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our strength and our redeemer. Again, Heavenly Father, we come before your throne thanking you for your many blessings in our life. We know that things are not all of how we want them to be, but we thank you, Father, that things are as well as they are. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We pray, Father, that we may study your holy scripture today and that you may bless us with wisdom. You have told us in your word, Heavenly Father, that wisdom is supreme or the highest. We want to embark 
on receiving the highest thing in creation, which is your wisdom, which is your spirit communicating with us your desires and your will. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. We humbly ask, Father, that you continue to lead us, guide us, show us your way. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed that God's people around the world say amen. Amen and amen. Fellowship with each other. Praise the living God. When we talk about fellowship, children of God, we are talking about a friendly association between people that have shared interests. In other words, children of God, when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about getting along. We have some things in common. We have some things that we are working toward, that we are aiming toward, and we are able to get along. Now, you say, Apostle, why is this important? This is important because Jesus Christ died that you and I, sinful you and sinful me. Now, I didn't just say sinful you. And I didn't just say sinful me, because sometimes the people will point the finger like you the sinful one or and they're not or that sometimes people will think that they're the sinful one and, and you're not. But the reality is we are all sinful in that we have aspects in our being, in our character that God is not pleased with. The Bible says that if any man claims he has no sin. In other words, he claims he has nothing about him that God is not pleased with, or she claims that they have nothing about them that God is not pleased. The Bible says that we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So what do we understand, my brother? What do we understand, my sister? Each of us has things in us that God does not like. Now, you, what uh, the things in me that God does not like may be one thing. The things in you that God does not like may be another thing. But the reality is we all have things in us that God does not like. Now, understand something about God. He is completely holy, he is completely righteous, and he is completely pure. Now, those are three things you want to remember about God. Now, man is completely corrupt, completely unrighteous, completely impure in and of itself. It is at the state of man, the fallen state of man is to such a point that God even says that our righteousness, when we are not born again, even our righteousness, the things we try to do that are right to God, they are filthy rags. 
So here is a completely holy, completely righteous, completely pure God, a completely corrupt, completely sinful, completely unrighteous man. How can they ever fellowship? The Bible asks a question. How can two walk together unless they agree? Well, the truth of the matter, my brother, the truth of the matter, my sister, is that apart from Jesus Christ, there is no way that sinful you, sinful me, can ever hope to fellowship with righteous, pure, holy God. Christ died that you and I might be brought back into fellowship, that a sinful man may be brought back into fellowship with a righteous God. This is why we praise him. This is why we magnify him. This is why we exalt him. There's no other name under heaven and earth by which men can be saved than at the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has now made it possible for sinful you and sinful me to be reconnected and to re-fellowship with righteous, holy, pure God. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus Christ has bridged the gap. There was a gap, a gulf in between holy, righteous God and sinful, corrupt man. There was a, a chasm between the two. But Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice his death on the cross. Now that we place our faith in him, he has bridged the gap so that we can now fellowship with our creator, with our holy, righteous, pure, unblemished, unspotted creator. Jesus has made it possible. That is why the Bible lets us know that we can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens us. Why? Because faith in Jesus Christ has now reconnected you and reconnected me with our eternal creator. We give God thanks. We give God praise. So I encourage you, my brother, I encourage you, my sister, never underestimate what Jesus Christ has done, is doing, and is going to do in your life and my life. Never underestimate it. Now, you know, any spirit that confess not Jesus as the Christ, see, some of you all, you know, want to play with some of these spirits that are running around out here. But the Bible says in, in John, that any spirit that does not confess Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the anointed one come from God, that spirit is the Antichrist. Listen, my brother, listen to me, my sister. You are either pro-Christ or you are Antichrist. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Pro-Christ means you are for Christ. Antichrist means you are against Christ. You are, Jesus said it like this. He that is not for me is against me. 
Well, you say, Apostle, oh, explain. Sometimes we look up and we find that there are those close to us that are really against us. Well, that's because the adversary wants to try and get close to you, try and get close to me with his people, with his doctrine, with his, with, in order to try and destroy us. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. You know, and what God is flashing in my spirit right now, Judas was not somebody from a thousand miles away. Judas was one of the 12. Judas knew that he had no real love for Christ. He had no real love for the things of God, but yet he was hanging around and sticking around and sticking up close to Jesus anyway, so that he might destroy him. My prayer for you and my prayer for me. May every Judas in our lives be exposed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We are either for Christ. Jesus said, you are either for, he that is not for me is against me. Jesus said, he that does not gather with me scatters. Listen to me, my brother. Listen to me, my sister. There is only heaven and hell. There is only righteous and unrighteous. There is only truth and lies. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we be on the right side. See, May we be on the side with Christ in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. He that is not for me. So, so we don't want to be for Christ. So we don't want to be what for. Then uh, all we are left with is being against Christ. And we don't want to find out at the end of the day, my brother and my sister, that we were against Christ. That is not going to be a pleasant day for many individuals. Because at the end of this life, each one of us must be judged for the deeds that we have done while in these mortal bodies. We want to look up and it found be found that we were for Christ in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Well, fellowship, meaningful association with individuals that have a, a common interest. See, we want to have, we want the interest of God to be our interest. This is one of the reasons why some people are not able to fellowship. But some people are into one thing and other people are into another thing. Now, if you are, you know, and what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now is a scripture that says, uh, what fellowship has light with darkness. In other words, people that don't know God, people that don't love God, people that don't love the things of God, they shouldn't have any fellowship with us who do love God, who do love the things of God who do love the word and will of God, God says, what fellowship is there between light and darkness? Now, understand this, my brother, understand this, my sister. As you and I get deeper in our fellowship with God, it will cause us to have to separate from some people, from some places, and from some things. Fellowship with God always involves a separation. See, 
This is the message. Go back to to verse five, first John uh, chapter one, verse five. John writes, This is the message we have heard from him. Now, the Lord says, deal with that for just a little while, Robert. John writes, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Now, my question to you, what messages are you uh, declaring to people? We want to be mindful of the messages we are declaring to people because every message that we declare to people that we have not heard from God, God says you're going to be held accountable for that, Robert. In other words, everything that we are telling people that God didn't tell us, a message that didn't come from God, but yet we want to tell it to him. We want to tell it to her. We want to tell it to them, to tell it to them. God says you're going to help you and be held accountable. So what you and I want to do, my brother, you and I want to do, my sister, is we only want to tell to others messages that we have heard from him. Look at what John writes. This is the message we have heard from him. John said, we're not just making up something. We're not just saying something. John says, we have heard these things from our creator, from our Lord, from our savior, and we are declaring them unto you. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we declare to others only messages we have heard from above. Well, what is the message? God is light. In other words, God is true. God is righteous. God is holy. And the Bible says in him, there is no darkness. Darkness is referencing to evil, to, to impure motives, to unrighteousness. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Now, now we have to, to be careful because the God we serve is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Well, you and I are beings that are like now what the Lord is showing me in my spirit. And this is kind of humorous to me. I'm seeing three flashlights. One flashlight that is always on, constantly and continuously. Another flashlight that does not work at all. It is just off continually. And then another flashlight that is flickering, on, off, on, off. Well, you say, Apostle, what does this parable mean? The flashlight that is on continuously is God or represents God. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. God is constantly telling the truth. God is constantly doing what is right. God is, God is constantly like a flashlight that is constantly on. Then we discussed a flashlight that is constantly off, will not come on no matter what you do, you really could. You could throw it away if you chose to because it is not going to come on ever. 
Well, that represents the adversary. The adversary is all darkness. God is all light. You say, apostle, this is interesting. Tell us more. And then the flashlight that is flicking on sometime and off sometime is on. Sometimes it's awesome. That represents us. Light at times, but then the reality is we're in darkness at times. God wants you and me to become more like him. Well, how is he? Light always, always on, always righteous, always holy, always pure. The reality is we are not there yet. None of us. That's why the scripture says if we claim we have no sin, we deceive. We we try to act like we don't ever do it. Then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me is may we operate more in the light. May we be more like God who is constant and continuous light. May our flashlights be on more than they are off in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Look at verse six. If we claim to have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, in other words, continue and perpetual and always, then the Bible says we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, see God's desire for you, God's desire for me, is to be a be like a flashlight that is on more. That is that is in more. God wants you and me to be more righteous. God wants you and me, no matter how righteous we are now, God wants you and me to be more. No matter how holy we are now, God is sitting back saying, I want you to be more. No matter how truthful you and I are, God is saying more. Why? Because God wants, just like God is constantly in the light, he wants you and I to constantly walk in the light. Look at what the Bible says. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So understand, my brother, understand, my sister, as we walk more and more in the light, in the truth, in righteousness, then we'll have more fellowship with one another. Then to say, you know, if if one group walks more in the light, no, it says if we walk in the light. In other words, you know, if I'm walking in my truth or walking and dealing with, with the issues in me, you also got to deal with the issues in you. See, some people just want to deal with the issues in their neighbor. Some people, some wives just want to deal with the issues in their husband while not dealing with their issues. Some husbands want to just deal with the issues in their wives and not deal with their issues. God says, if we walk in the light, in other words, if the husband, we got to deal with our issues. Wives got to deal with their issues. Children got to deal with their issues. Parents have to deal with the issues. Some parents just want to deal with the issues in their children. You, 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 you don't even want to deal with the issues that they have as parents. So I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister, deal with your own issues. See, rather than trying to deal with everybody else, deal with your own issues first. 
because I have a responsibility to walk in the light and you have a responsibility to walk in the light. He has a responsibility to walk in the light and she has a responsibility. We all have a responsibility. Look at what the Bible says. If we, this is a we thing. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. So understand, my brother, sometimes fellowship is broken. When you have individuals either that walk, walk in darkness, you know, maybe one group wants to walk in darkness and, and another group wants to walk in the light or, or one group wants to walk in the light and another group wants to walk in the dark. In order for our fellowship to be restored, the light has to be turned on all of us. We all must walk in the light in order for us to have fellowship with one another. And when we do this, my brother and my sister, look at what the Bible says. The blood of Jesus, his son, will purify us, not purify pastor, not purify just husband, or not purify just wife, or not just not purify just congregation. See, some pastors pointing the finger at congregations like congregations are the only ones that sin. That's not the case. Pastors sin too. Some husbands are pointing the finger like only their wife sin. No, that's not the case. Husbands sin too. Some wives are pointing the finger just like husbands are the only ones that sin. Not so. Wives sin too. We need his son, capitalized son, which means Jesus, to purify us. All of us. Pastors and congregation. Wives and husbands. Husbands and wives. Parents and children, children and parents. We need, listen, this Lord shared something with me years ago. And he's bringing it up in my spirit now. Lord told me, he said, Robert, these are two things that all of my children have in common. I said, Lord, what's that? Lord said, the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, yeah, yeah, that, that's what marks us as Christians. I understand that. And God said, and sin. Those are two things, my brother and my sister, that we all have in common as children of God. We have the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. We have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Okay, I understand. And this thing called sin or unrighteousness. All of us have these two things. Just like it's not only the pastors that have the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. Everybody in the body of Christ has the Holy Spirit. And just like it's not just the sinners that sin, everybody sins in the body of Christ. And we need his son. This is why, you know, we sing a song here in the U.S. I need thee. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour 
I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Well, we all need Jesus. We need him to purify us from all sin. See, not some sin. Some of us think, you know, his sin is, is worse than her sin and her sin is worse than his sin. And this sin is worse than that. Uh-uh, God said, no, that's no. All sin. We need to be purified. And the only one that can purify us, the only one that can purify you, the only one that can purify me from this thing called sin is Jesus Christ. So my prayer today. For every soul under the sound of my voice. I don't know what social media you are listening to us through. But my prayer today is may Jesus Christ purify us from all sin. Okay, well, here's verse 8 that I just shared with you all. I didn't even know that I was this close to it in the scripture. If we claim to be without sin. See, see, some people want to present themselves and, and behave as if they don't do anything wrong. Now, maybe because they don't do the wrong of the child molester or the wrong of a mass murderer. It, it, listen, a whole lot of groups are going to hell other than child molesters, other than mass murderers. All The Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. So, so John says, if we claim to be without sin, now we may claim to be without certain sins, but John says, don't claim to be without sin, because if we do, we deceive ourselves. Now, these are some of the, now listen, listen to me, children of God. These are some of the most dangerous people you and I will ever meet, people that have deceived themselves. It was people that had deceived themselves that hung Jesus on a cross. It was people that had deceived themselves that stoned the prophets. People that are deceived. I think back in this great country of America for about 400 years, there were a whole group of people in this country that had deceived themselves into thinking it was okay to enslave African-Americans, to treat them as animals, keep them chained up, force them to work. They, and, and probably, and many of them probably went to church on Sunday, claimed that they were serving God and they were good Christians. And look at what you're doing. Self-deception. So what we want to do, my brother, what we want to do, my sister, is we want to ask God to deliver us from every form of self-deception. See, now, self-deception is a little different from just plain sin. Let me let me deal that. God said, Robert, deal with that for a little while and prepare to close. Self-deception is when you and I are thinking we are doing right when really we are doing wrong. That's self-deception. Well, sin is another thing. Sin. You know, individual that sins, 
he or she may just know they are doing right or know they are doing wrong. They just haven't changed yet. So the difference between self-deception and just plain saying self-deception, you think you're right when you're wrong. Person that, that just plain saying, they know they're wrong and they're wrong. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we be delivered from all self-deception and all sin in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. But these are individuals claiming to be without sin. When you when you see individuals claiming or trying to act like they don't have any sin, these are individuals that are self-deceived. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. They, these are individuals that are self-deceived. And the truth is not in us. Now, individual that just plain sins, he or she knows the truth. They know they shouldn't be doing that or saying that. or be, They know they just haven't changed or just haven't stopped yet. But they know they're wrong. Solomon, you know, now the Lord dealt with me on Solomon. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. You know, I mean, just uh, the lust of the flesh had run rampant in his life. But yet, when you go back to the book of um, Proverbs, Solomon gives some of the greatest teachings on adultery and the, the harmful effects of adultery of anybody that ever lived. 700 wives, 300 concubines, but the greatest teaching on the pitfalls and snares of adultery. How is that? He was a man, you know, these are individuals, when you deal with individuals just plain sin, they'll know the truth. Solomon said, my mind, wisdom will still guide me. Solomon said, I did all this stuff, but my mind was still guided by wisdom. I knew that it was wrong, in other words. But I saw them and said, I was just doing something. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we be delivered from every self-deception and every plain sin in our lives in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. If we confess our sins. Now, this is this is the remedy for sins in your life and in my life. Confess. This, Confession is so par so powerful that it takes confession to get you and me saved in the first place. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So it takes confession for you and I to get saved in the first place. And what we are seeing here is it takes confession for you and I to remain saved say apostles say that again we have to confess in order to get saved in the first place well now john is letting us know that we have to confess in order to stay saved or in order to grow and to move forward in our salvation how do we move forward how do we grow how do we get delivered it's not by somebody spinning us around or somebody pouring oil on our head or doing all this stuff bible said confess your sins confess. You know, hey, I have a problem with this lust. Or, hey, I have a problem with this uh, uh, masturbation. Or, hey, I have a problem with stealing. Or what? Confess your sins. 
The Bible says he or God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. Now, doesn't say that God will purify us before he forgive us. See, this is this is the mistake that some of us make. Or it doesn't say that God will deliver us before he forgive us. The Bible says when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. We still may not be purified. We still may not be delivered. We still, God says you're forgiven. Look at what the Bible says. He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. And as God forgives us, as we continue confessing and continue working toward, the Bible says he will purify us. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. So understand, my brother, understand, my sister, you and I are in the process of purification from all unrighteousness, not just some, all unrighteousness. So we want to set this purification process in motion in our lives by confessing our sins. It's acknowledging that's that, you know, we're doing that and we shouldn't be doing that. We're saying that and we shouldn't be saying that. We're thinking that and we shouldn't be thinking that. We're behaving a certain way and we shouldn't be behaving a certain way. Confess our sins. So some of us want to confess somebody else's sin. That's what gossips like to do. Stay on the phone talking all day and all night about their neighbor's sin, about their Somebody, uh, the Bible doesn't say for me to confess my neighbor's sin. The Bible says that if we confess what? Our sins. You want to get purified. I don't get purified by gossiping about you or complaining about you. I get purified by confessing my sins. You get purified by confessing your sins. So that God will forgive us. God will purify us. Now, we claim that we haven't. Look at verse 10. We're going to close here. We claim we haven't sinned. I haven't done anything. I, I, I haven't said anything wrong. I haven't thought anything. You, you, Then the Bible says we make him out to be a lie. And his word is not in us. So understand, my brother, understand, my sister. We don't just want God's word to be around us. We don't want God's word to just be in the Bible. We don't want God's word to just be. We want God's word in us. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. From today, may God's word be in us, inside of you, inside of me. Speaking to us. Instructing us, leading us, guiding us. May God's word be inside of us so that we can have fellowship with each other. That is our topic for today. We pray that you all were blessed at the preaching and teaching of God's word. Fellowship with each other. Alexa, play gospel music. Alexa, play Christian music. Here's a station you might like. Top Christian, free on Amazon Music.
May God bless you, children of God. And may heaven continue to smile on each of us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, there's nothing impossible. 